Hey everybody, Zach here. Before we get started with the podcast, I just want to let you know about our sponsor, Anchor. We're new to podcasting here at Salty Saints, and Anchor has made it so easy for us to get started. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast, so let me explain a little bit about it. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything that you need to make a podcast in one place. The best part about Anchor, though, is that it's absolutely free. So if you, like us, want to get your word out there, you want to try your hand at podcasting, make sure that you download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Salty Saints. I'm Zach, and I'm sitting here with Jason Kemp. What a couple podcasts ago, <laughs> we talked about digital minimalism, and we said that we would come back and we were going to talk about social media specifically. And so that's what we're doing today: social media. Yeah, we made a commitment that we would view that Netflix documentary, Social Dilemma. And then talk about it. And I have now watched it twice in two days. And so... And I waited until the last minute to do it for absolutely, some reason. I don't know why. Absolutely we did. That's, just, that's how our brains work, man. <clears throat> I don't know that I was specifically procrastinating. And I think I knew what was going to come across. But You got sucked down a social media rabbit hole and got sidetracked. Is that what happened? And that's why I didn't watch it? Yeah, I'm just being... I'm no. being lame. All right. No, I, <laughs> No, and and it's interesting because we're recording this on Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Yes. Which happens to be the day that we are, as a church, uh, all month we've been talking about fasting as a spiritual discipline. And today we are supposed to specifically be fasting from social media. So it's kind of ideal that we're talking about that today. Um, And I messed up because I woke up and I got on Facebook and then I came in here, and Randy's like, yeah, well, we're doing the fast. And I was like, but they've all been on Fridays. He's like, remember we pushed this one back because That's we didn't right. want it to be on Black Friday. I was like, oh, yeah. So you can do it on Friday now. <laughs> well, either either that or I'm just going to ride out the rest of this day. I think God appreciates it either way. There you go. We'll see. There you go. Well, I, you know, based on the digital minimalism thing, I've had, haven't had Facebook on my phone for quite a while. Right. So I have not been. It's off mine too, man. I have not been sucked into it. No. Oh, sort of. Okay. <laughs> Somebody direct messaged the church today. Well, I guess I guess really like around one a.m. last night. Um, direct messaged the church through Facebook asking a specific question about services we are actually looking for interpretation for uh, uh, Taiwanese. Oh, and it was like no, not quite. Swahili and ASL, but not not, not Taiwanese that. yet. So yeah, so that that was interesting. So I did respond to that, but that's I fair. Yeah. That's, that's a tool at that That was point. for work, and right, right, right. Randy said we could do stuff for work, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, okay. getting into it. Right. We kind of drew out a plan, a little bit of a kind of the, the the tracking of the thought in that in that documentary. Right. So we could kind of follow along with what they were trying to get at. It was a ton of information. Oh, it's so much. It was overwhelming. I mean, it's an hour and a half of 
testimony from people who were the inventors of these technologies. And they're all kind of – I mean they all added to it. Like they weren't all just saying the same thing. That was the crazy part. Right. Like, and it wasn't deep. And it wasn't one guy that felt 99% of it and 10 more people that added just 1%. No, no they were all – they were all deeply disturbed by what they have created and what they have done and right. um, where it could lead and things like that. And so that was, oui, yeah. it was, it was crazy. So, um, I mean, I, I love the aspect that they brought up that they really thought they were a force for good in initiating what they were thinking about and how they wanted to connect people and how they wanted like one guy said, you know, when we created the the like button, we wanted to spread love and positivity around the world. Right. And but n- none of them realized the potential consequences of what it has become, how it's taken on a life of its own. Right. The outside of later, its original design. Young young girls are going to be, you know, hating themselves because they don't have enough likes. Right, not, not enough people right. click the life but like right. button. Right, so, and and not yeah. to blame young girls. I mean, I think it's right, but that's the example he uses. Right, yeah. they gave specific stats about that. that right, maybe we can mention that later. But right, um, yeah, it was terribly sobering. Yeah, and but yet you know, and like what we talked about on the digital minimalism, that technology is so magical, that there are so such amazing things that we can, you know, benefit from technology. Right. And so while this is going to be a terribly pessimistic outlook in a lot of ways, we are not dogging technology as a whole. Technology can be a beautiful thing. Let us get that out of the way. Like, it's got its time and its place. This is more about the way that we've let something – we've created a monster that's growing at an unreal rate. Right. You know, I mean, mean, quite literally, we collectively have created a monster. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is pretty crazy. Right. And this can go back to what we said in digital minimalism. I almost said digital. Digital. Oh, my god, That gosh. was awesome. It happened like four <laughs> times in the last one. Um, that technology should serve us, not us serve technology. And we want to harness technology to benefit us and to bring value to our lives. And what this documentary showed is – that is the last thing that's happening in social media. I mean, if we, you know, the good that does happen on social media of, um, they mentioned a couple examples of like, you know, an adoptive kiddo at, in adulthood is able to reconnect with a bio mom or bio parents, you know, what a beautiful story. But that at this point in the life of social media is the exception. Right. It's, that 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 was the goal they hoped to create through social media, and while some of that happens, it's now the exception, not the goal. Right, that's the outlier at this point. And that was that was really that was really sobering. Yeah. So, so from the top, I mean, I, I think the central message of this thing, and it's kind of where they start from, is that. Uh, <laughs> did you just ding? Oh, my goodness. My phone is going nuts <laughs> over here, and I don't want to look at it. It's trying to get you to pay attention. It is. It knows what's happening right it, now. It um, knows. Um, the the central kind of point where, from which they start is that, you know, it, in most scenarios, you're being sold a product. 
But with social media, you're not being sold a product. And in any situation when you aren't being sold a product, generally that means you are the product. Right. You are what's being sold. And can we kind of explain that really quick? Well, I mean, that was one of the base uh, beliefs or perceptions that I had about social media that I I think I'm wrong in is that I thought I could hack the advertising game. Right. That doesn't work on me. Right. I I fully recognize this is marketing, this is advertising, and I am not going to click on that, even if it's a good deal. Right. And so I've I've actually seen something on Facebook or Instagram and go, ooh, I want to know more about that. I won't – I will intentionally not click on it, and then I'll switch over to a browser and Google it. And, of course, when you Google it, there's paid ads at the top too, right? So if you click on their ad, they're making money – that way as well. Right. And I'll scroll down into the search results, even if it takes me a couple of pages to find what I'm looking for so that I don't play the advertising game. Right. I've always felt like, Oh, I'm hacking the advertising game. Nope. I lingered on it. Right. <laughs> that was enough for them. They don't, they don't need your click. I mean, the click is that much more, but um, yeah, our, our attention, our mind's attention is what they're looking for is what right. they're gaming for. Well, they they actually explicitly state, like, it's not your information that they're selling. that They don't benefit from that. Right. They're using your information and the things that you – like, basically, every time you look at something on the internet – or, sorry, on social media, they're monitoring how long you're engaging with it, what you're engaging with, what that's connected to. They're using that information to build a straw man of you. To build right. a, uh, uh, another you that they can reference and say, okay, this is who they are. This is what we're going to push on them. And by getting you to engage with those things, advertisers are actually the customer. They're paying the social media to capture your attention yeah. in order for you to possibly go buy their product later. Right. Is that – that's it? Right. Okay. Yeah, that there, it's a double marketing scheme that, you know, yes, we're – we see ourselves as the customers trying to buy a product from a shoe store or, right. you know, whatever. But really what's being marketed in that is our attention. And to keep our attention, they have to develop those addictive profiles. Right, because the longer you engage, the more money they make. Right. I mean, right. if you if you were really into shoes – and tennis shoe ads are capturing your attention, they need to know that so that they don't show you a, an ad about jackets. Right. Because, yeah, I don't, I, I've got a jacket. I don't care. Right. But I would take another pair of shoes. Right. <laughs> you know? And so um, they they profile you. Like you said, that straw man, they create this digital version of you to understand who you are, what your preferences are, what hooks you in longer. Right. And then the... And the eventual goal on that is that it would affect our behavior, how we think, how we act, how we behave, not just what we buy, but that we're even favorable to ideas and concepts and mindsets within our culture that we wouldn't have been without all this. Right. Kind of go into that a little further. Well, like what happens when the products play out? Like I've marked, we've marketed all the tennis shoes. Um, you know, how many, how many times are you going to actually look at those shoes again? Right. 
And so we have to move from tangible products to ideologies and, um, you know, and, and so the problem that they've, that the algorithm has encountered is that our attention spans are short right? <laughs> for good and for bad. And, you know, but in this case, if our attention span is short and well, I just spent all my money, I don't, I don't have any money. So I'm just not going to click on any ads to buy things. Well, now it's ideology. It's, it's news. It's what's going on in our communities, what's going on in our nation. And when our attention span loses focus on that, the best way that the algorithm knows how to hook us more is to take it to another extreme. Right. Or, or to, to push something. I don't know that it's necessarily attempting to take it to an extreme, but that's often the result. The, well, but yeah, but that's, that's kind of what hooks us deeper. Right. Right. I, but, but when you say it that way, it makes the algorithm almost seem like it's doing something nefarious. And I don't think the algor- the algorithm algorithm doesn't know what it's doing. It it just knows what works. It it's right. just doing what it knows will hook you. It it itself it's not got a conscience. It's, it's, it's a student of of human behavior. Exactly. It, yeah. It's always learning. It's always getting better at hooking you. Right. Whatever that means. Right. And so if you take cat videos, I mean, let's just you know you've watched a, a dozen cute cat videos. And then number 13 is, say, AFV, America's Funniest Videos, that had some cat videos. But there were also some some human fails in there where, you know, people are on the tree swing, you know, not making it into the lake or the guy on the pogo stick that you always know what's about to happen. And, you know, the middle-aged man on his son's bicycle going off the bike ramp. You know what's about to happen. <laughs> and so from video 13, you're, jump, you're starting to – go from cute cat videos to fails to, and then epic fails. And then next thing you know, you're watching uh, dash cams from Russian car wrecks. Right. Or you know, like Taliban just, execution videos. Yeah. It yeah, just, right. it just, you know, the, the algorithms had learned that to hook us longer and deeper, you gotta, you gotta take that next step. You got, you, you know, right. that cute hamster videos aren't going to do it. It's further and further down, whatever rabbit hole grabs your attention. Right, 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 right. And so, I mean, that's a, and that was something that was really frightening. I thought is, we were talking about these companies and the people who write the algorithms, who are the only ones that truly understand the algorithms, and they don't even fully understand. And they don't fully understand from the moment they hit enter, and that goes into the system, right? Where that algorithm goes in a split second, they don't even fully understand that process. That's so scary. It really is. I mean, we've built kind of our, our like, social construct. Like, it's a so – sorry, that's a poor way of saying it. Like, an aspect of our social interaction at this point completely hinges on that not knowing. Like, mm-hmm. like we've, we've put our absolute faith in a system that even the people that made it don't understand completely. Right. I guess that's what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. And they talked about – uh, there was one point later on in it where talking about we always fear that AI will take over the world. You know, what, what, there's a ton of movies about this, like Terminator, Matrix, and, Terminator, yeah. iRobot, maybe. Sure. Sure. I mean, you know, that uh, some AI decides, you know, human emotion is weak. And so Age we're going to we're going <laughs> to. Ah, Avengers, yes. Avengers. Yeah. You know, we're going to wipe out humanity because humanity is weak. 
And um, that's always what we feared about AI, but um, that it overcomes our, our strengths as humans, as humanity. And But then they talked about, but what about when AI eclipses our weaknesses? So our addictability, our, um, you know, the things that kind of the dark side of our personalities, outrage and anger and even, you know, even simpler than that, incredulousness. Is that a word? That feeling of being incredulous? I, my aunt's an English teacher. What's She's, incredulous? <laughs> of being like, uh, there's no way that's true. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Like I skeptic. feel incredulous. Like, skeptical, skeptic, sure. Yeah, skepticism. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I don't even know what we were talking about. Good grief. When, uh, when, the AI when, takes over the right. – you know, when it eclipses those weaknesses, then we're controlled at that – at the level of our weaknesses. That's the beginning of addiction. Yeah. And they were kind of saying, that's already happened, people. Yeah. Right. Like it, it's already in control. We're already in that age where AI is stronger than our weaknesses but weaker than our strengths. Somewhere in the middle there. And that was that was, that was was creepy. Yeah. So. That is creepy. Um, and and I think the uh, what he actually alluded to was like, uh, what did he say? Checkmate humanity. Yeah, yeah, like like game over humanity. That's like war games. That's so scary. <laughs> yeah, war games. That's old school. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, sorry if I offended anybody by saying that's old school. <laughs> I was I was little. I was a little kid. That's right. I may not have been born. I don't know. But yeah, I mean it. You know, I've always I've always known that what social media puts in front of you, you know, they kind of know who you are, what you look at, what you've clicked on in the past, but they were pretty explicit that they know how long that certain something lingers on your screen. How long you look at it, they're, they're kind of building connections between you and other people. Uh, they use the example of uh, you looking at like an ex-girlfriend's pictures like yeah. they like it was just really weird how how specific they get right with what they're keeping track of like uh, a couple years ago <laughs> a full confession moment right okay um, a couple years ago when you uh, applied to serve here at new hope right i checked you out online oh dear lord <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't have a you didn't have a facebook profile at the moment smart kid right yeah yeah <laughs> And so, you know, I, we've even joked about, you know, hey, if we go, if we go stalk that Facebook profile, does that person ever find out that I was looking at their profile? Right. And I don't think so. No. I don't, but, I don't but Facebook think there's knows any. You were looking at their profile. Facebook knows, <laughs> and they're extrapolating what kind of relationship you have with that Ooh. person, whether you, and based on your other clicks, do you agree with their viewpoints, or you against their viewpoints, and they serve you up more information based on, oh. Right. Yeah. That's interesting. It's scary. Yeah. And how, you know, and so they talked about the manipulation of how how individuals can be manipulated of, you know, seeking these addictive behaviors that, that profile your tendencies that lead you to deeper addiction and um, unfortunately more extreme versions of your interests. Right. to keep you hooked, keep you interested, to take you further down those rabbit holes. Um, but they talked about the large-scale manipulation, even on national levels, of how yeah. countries have been 
moved and shifted and shaped by things that happened on social media alone. And uh, I mentioned this to you when we were watching it, uh, just kind of taking notes, but um, Joe Rogan had a guy in from the U.S. military um, from some branch, I don't recall. Mm -hmm. Uh, This was a few weeks ago. And uh, the guy was talking about how China and Russia, you know, make these profiles on our social media accounts, and they just get in there and, and they start pushing narratives that try and stir people up to argue with one another. Right. Like they're, they're stoking the flames of the fire. And he says, I, I know they're doing that because we as the United States are doing that to them. Right. And, and so it's like what they mentioned in the video is it's not like these foreign nations are hacking into the mainframe of Facebook and, and pushing some kind of narrative that this wasn't designed to do. They're just using Facebook in the way it's designed to be used. Right. And it does that. It can change the way people think. Right. Yeah, there's um, – yeah, that uh, – <laughs> there's just moments in this that you just have to pause and let the thoughts settle Right, and then exit so that you can deal with the next one. <laughs> so. well, well, it's like they just keep hitting you with the next thing. You're like, oh, yeah. now I understand it. Nope. Right, right. And you want <laughs> there's just, more. Oh man, yeah, it's yeah. rough. Yeah, and I think, I mean, we've we've gone quickly down the rabbit hole, so to speak, of jumping to, you know, Russian hackers in the election and right. You know, they named a number of countries specifically. I think they started with Myanmar and. Um, you know, a couple others that just saw widespread, you know, destruction and chaos based on social media. But um, the one that the part that really hit home um, was based off of like the guy was saying, you know, we we created the like button to spread love and positivity through the world. And then he backs that up by saying but we had no idea that years later the absence of those things in somebody's post would create feelings of anxiety and depression and that we would see rates of, um, you know, self-harm among teenagers especially and suicide escalate. I mean, I don't know if they've drawn a direct correlation research-wise, I mean, that's but, how they made it seem in the documentary. Well, I'm saying outside of this documentary, I right. don't know that there, it's a direct correlation that they can prove this is exactly what happened. Right. But those who created the software feel like it's exactly what happened. Well, I mean, the time the time frame lines up perfectly, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, and the, the quote that you and I were laughing about earlier about uh, there's only two industries that call their clients users. Yeah. Is drug dealers and software. Yeah. Makers. Yeah. You know, and uh, how those likes and the hearts and the approval system within social media has created a drug. A, a, right. A, a dopamine. Call, I don't even understand the, the physiological, psychological process right. it, in this. It's but playing off of your psychology and the yeah. way your psychology works. It's a part of you. I mean, it's it's literally I mean, the guy says, I'm addicted to my email. And this mm-hmm. is the, like the main developer in it yeah. that's talking. Yeah. And he says, I literally – like I feel it. Mm-hmm. Like I feel it. in Like <laughs> it's part of him, you know? Right. 
And, and, and their testimony about, I created the, the, the tricks. Yeah, on I created and this. Facebook. I I created the systems to suck people in, and I got sucked in yeah, by my own things. I, I go home at night, and, and I'm supposed to be like playing with my kids, and I find myself in the pantry sending right. an email. Right, like right. he he's and that's what he says. He says, you know, like, and I know what it's doing, and I still can't get away from it. Right, like, how what does that say? By sheer willpower and brute force, he was unable. Right. One of the guys said that he <laughs> yeah. wrote he wrote a uh, wrote software, a, yeah, software program that <laughs> would help him break his addiction yeah. from social media. What? Like right. these are the guys that make it, and they made another great point. They said, you know, like how do you wake up from the matrix when you don't know you're in it? Right. And that's where we are. I think so many people don't even. I didn't understand right. even my function in it, and you, exactly. did, you, you I didn't, didn't either. either. No, but like I thought I did, right? And <laughs> and I think that's how I looked at it too. It was like, oh well, that doesn't have that doesn't have me because right. I don't really like click on the ads and stuff. But that's not what they want. You are playing their game, whether you know it or not. And so, how do you wake up from something you don't yeah. even know you're a part of? I love that they they used uh, the Truman Show uh, quote in that part of you know which. It's a fictional story, and I remember this quote. Not going, anymore. <laughs> I, I know, I know uh, that we accept the real reality that we are presented, right? And yeah, we're this is what the world is like, and you know, we kind of went back and forth a little bit about you know talking, you know, look, looking at the polarization of our politics and our viewpoints in our world right now, especially in America, and how distant the right and the left are from each other. And you hear it so often of how can you believe that that we're there's an there's a base assumption on either on either extreme that we're seeing the same things like like how is it that they can't understand this the way I understand it right because I've seen the evidence and it's drawn right. me to a very clear conclusion how can they come to a so wrong conclusion and they're saying. It's because they're not seeing anything close to what right. you're seeing. What what you see on your feed mm-hmm. is custom fit to you based on the straw man that they have of you. Right. Based on the information you've given them. Right. And if you go all the way back to the root of that split from the center to the left and the right, the first click on either of those two people is huge. No, it, I would say that first click is like, Point zero 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 one percent different, really, because then it then it wise from that moment and it becomes so much more different down the road. Okay, so Do you see what I'm saying, right? Right, but I guess what I'm saying is that first click, maybe maybe say it this way: that first click doesn't mean a whole lot, but the second right. one, right? The second one that changes the first everything. click could be what's your favorite color, Zach? Well, right. mine's blue green, and what's my favorite color? Well. You know, it's it's green blue. Those two choices are there's so little difference between right. those two choices. But then the algorithms they split it, and right. the next thing you know, you're you know, how could you like green blue? Give me a break. You know, <laughs> I know that's cheesy, but <laughs> I don't know that that's the, I don't know that's on, the example we needed, but no, I like it. But we're going on the fly here. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm with you. Like the. We have then 
taken this concept of like I don't know how they don't see it my way mm-hmm. and we hold them accountable like we hold the person accountable for not seeing it your way but most of what they're getting fed is nothing the same as what you're getting fed right because they're at the other side going how do you not see it my way and so the fact that we are unaware of that system yeah i think that that would at least maybe like that that doesn't mean we have to feel different about our political views or the other person's political views but it definitely means that we need to rethink the way we hold them accountable for the way they came to that conclusion. Like we, we need to be more lenient understanding that that person is just as kind of brainwashed (laughs) to see their way as we are also sort of brainwashed to see the way we are. Right. Well, we were contrasting different media that has shaped public perception over time. Right. Right. Like, um, Like newspapers. Newspapers were designed for general accept- acceptance by the masses. Right. And there's small iterations made of, well, this this column did better, this type of news did better, but it still had to be generally accepted by the entire city. Right. And, you know, and even cable channels, and you could probably even go back to our mainstream media years ago, still had to appeal and connect with the majority of their target audience. You know, if, if you're a regional channel out of Chicago and you get played in seven states, your news has to fit and make sense to the people in those seven states. And now we're in an age where everybody's news feed is totally different from everybody else's. And it's so individualized, so that uh, it just gets us off track so far, doesn't it? I don't know. I don't know where I'm going anymore. No, I'm with. I'm, no, you're you're going the exactly the right direction. Yeah, and I I just don't know how to verbalize it anymore. Is what I'm saying. Just kind of like, it it it's no it's, longer that the news is speaking to everyone as a whole. The news is speaking directly to you, and they can tell you exactly what you want to hear, right? Or what and they so, think, or what they think you want to hear. Yeah, and so we see we struggle with. There's no news channels that are down the middle anymore, that appeal to the general masses in the middle because. Even the people in the news are sucked into these left or right echo chambers of confirmation bias and right, yeah, it, right, and wow. that, and, that, and that's not to state that there's not still a fundamental truth out there. It's just that you're getting spun whatever mm-hmm. the the monster thinks you want, right. Yeah. So so don't think that we're saying one side's right, one side's wrong, or that everybody's wrong and everybody's right. It's not that. Right. This is fundamentally about the thing that is feeding you your information. Right. And it, it doesn't care about the truth. It just wants to give you what you want to see so you'll stay connected. Right. And the algorithm knows that, hey, there's 100 people that clicked on this, and their profile is very similar to yours. There's a high chance that you're going to click on it. Right. So it serves it to you. Exactly. Yeah. And and I think we have a responsibility as Christians who guard truth because I think that's that's part of our role in the you know in the kingdom is to guard truth that we have a responsibility of what we click on and what we spend our time on that you know I I've clicked on you know clickbait titles in the past of sure. like are you serious are they really saying that and incredulous. 
There you go. <laughs> and but by clicking on that, now it might serve it up to you because it knows we're friends and right. we have similar viewpoints. And but I didn't. I wasn't clicking on it to promote it, but it doesn't care. Right. It doesn't care. That's the closest it can get to truth is that click. Yeah. That that's all it knows as truth is the click. That's yeah. what one of the ladies in the documentary yeah, the cl- said. The click is truth. Yeah, that's all it knows. Yeah, and and that we vote for what is truth with our every click. Right, which is a completely separate thing from the actual truth. Right. Right. Yeah. It's crazy. Your vote matters. It does. Your vote matters, and you're doing it every day. Doing it every day. Every yeah. day, whether you know it or not. So I, I want to, we, we want to come around to some biblical truth on this. Right. Um, before we do, I want to I want to address that some of this stuff that we're talking about. I don't know how to. I don't know how to affect, like no uh, civil unrest in in Myanmar. I where do I start with that? <laughs> right. You know the the political divide of left and right. You know the polarization in America. How do I start with that? Right. You know, um, but the place that that I think is even more personal that that's within this is what we we talked about earlier, is the effect on our own psychology of seeking this digital dopamine reaction within ourselves. It's like a god in the palm of your hand in it a is. lot of ways. It is. And, um, you know, older generations who grew up in analog eras, you know, and so – and really we're probably talking millennial and older. And I know millennial is the first digital generation, but – um, digital didn't include social media until just a handful of years ago. So Gen Z is really our first social media generation. Um, or Yeah. So older generations, we kind of n- were not as uh, in a formative state of life learning to deal with social media. Does that make sense? Right. And so we see the reality of, of – of where we should be developed relationally as humans. And so we're not as formative when Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and Reddit and all these things came into our lives. And so we recognize we recognize more of how that affects us. It, it's, like, it's like social media got fit into the framework of what we already saw as important. But for right. this for, – for Gen Z – they framed what is important around social media. Right, because they suddenly have access to these things within their most formative years. Right. I mean, middle school sucked as it was. Oh, it's awful. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anybody that goes, oh, yeah, middle school is the best year of my life, you know? <laughs> and you then you throw social media in that, in their formative. And, you know, and so some of the stats that they were talking about, and they were talking about just girls. Just so girls. this isn't boys, and I suspect they were talking about the girls because the numbers are probably a little bit worse. It's probably for girls more engagement, than boys. probably you know, yeah. um, you know, because self-image might be a little bit more important to the middle school go- girl than the middle school boy that whose parents are still trying to encourage them to shower, you know, right, right, kind right. of thing. So, um, so for middle school go- girls, non-fatal self-harm, so cutting and. Different, you know, I don't probably even, burns or yeah, right. Just, I mean, there's yeah. a dozen different things there um, that it has raised sixty two percent in the last few years for girls fifteen to nineteen years old. Yeah, and for girls ten to fourteen preteen, 
189% rise in self-harm just since social media has released. And that's just, it's heartbreaking. And then the numbers of suicide that uh, teenage girls 15 to 19 is up 70%. And suicide among preteen girls, 10-year-old girls to 14 years old is up 151%. It's unreal. In the last number of years. I mean, it's just, it's heartbreaking. And these are our children. These are our kids in youth ministry right now. Um, Yeah. And so this is a very personal aspect of social media that we can affect. Right. We know how to affect that. I don't know how to affect, um, you know, what's going on in Africa because of social media. But I know how to affect my house, my family my you know the people in my circle and and so i think if you know if you watch this documentary i think that is one of the things one of the challenges that we should all walk away with very and consider very seriously is what can what do i need to do with my family with those around me um how can we lead our families in this well i i would take it further even go for it um i that that seems like the easy answer um, to 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 monitor, you know, what your family can do with social media. Mm-hmm. But by the end of this documentary, I I truly feel like the only way to fix this problem is to quit social media, um, right. to to get out, to but. get out completely, because it's beyond fixing at this point Mm -hmm. it's it's beyond like the the way it works as a whole it cannot be fixed it can only be quit right because one of the solutions brought up is um let's build better ai to fix the broken ai let's make it bigger (laughs) let's yeah yeah sounds like great you know or uh the other solution was more government control over how human data is used and we know that always works out yeah, <laughs> more government yeah. control. <laughs> um, yeah, and then, but no, I, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you on this. But it's hard to say that though, because like right. people, because because here's the thing. I bet the knee jerk response to so many people watching that video is to get on. Because I thought about it. I I swear I thought about it. I watched it and I thought, man, I want to like make a post on Facebook. <laughs> About how terrible social media is. And I stopped and I thought to myself, and I'm like, you idiot. Right. That's exactly the problem. I almost did it just for the irony of it. But, yeah. But, like, that was my first thing. It was Mm -hmm. like, people need to know about this. I know the way to reach a lot of people really fast. Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. And that's – it's just more (laughs) gas on the fire, man. Right. Right. But I think I'm with you. I'm – on global scale, the best thing to do is delete, but that's also the best thing to do for your family. And so by taking care of your family first, you're also taking care of the world. Oh, so sense. you're saying delete, like family delete. Oh, yeah. Oh, I thought you were like saying like like monitor, like monitor the use. Well, I I mean, I have, I have two adult kids, and we held off as long as we possibly could on social media. Um. To paraphrase loosely, one uh, of those adult kids has come back already and said, I hated it, but I see why you did it. Right. 
And I've got a couple more that we are holding on as late as possible. And that time frame may have just been extended greatly. (laughs) (laughs) They watched it with us. I don't know if they fully understood what's coming down the pike, but um, and I don't think they listen to this podcast. So. That's so funny. <laughs> but at the end, they asked, they asked these creators, "Do you let your kids have social media?" Absolutely not. Absolutely not. One is like, we are zealots about it, right? <laughs> like, yeah, and these are the people that create it, and they won't let their own kids have it. Beyond that, though, they asked them, you know. What what do you think is going to happen? Like what? Where do you see this going? Oh man! And the first guy says, "Short term, civil war. Short term, I know. civil I'm war. Like, what's long term? Right? I don't even want to know." Yeah, yeah. Then the next guy says, "You know, if we keep on this path in twenty years, it could be the end of human existence." And right. now I don't know. I know all that. Yeah. <laughs> but still, I mean, he said the collapse of civilization. Okay, sure. Yeah. I be- sure that could absolutely happen. There's nothing in my biblical worldview that says otherwise. <laughs> but end of the world, eh, I don't know. Yeah. That we'll see. Yeah, I mean, there's. I mean, don't don't take this as Zach and I are like 110 percent on every bit of information in this show. No, because um, we weren't. There's there's a lot of things that we we would like to see dealt with a little better or. You know, like I don't, I don't fully understand. Like I, I maybe get on Facebook once every week or two, and I'm usually not on there long when I do, because um, I'm usually getting on there for a specific reason that I need. I mean, like I, I'm a part of groups that um, relate specifically to what what we do here at the church, and it's great to hear. I, mean, I, I find solutions in these groups of how has this church dealt with this technology problem? And, oh, you found a fix that way? Great. You know, and so it's it's useful that way. And so every once or twice a week I'll, you know, every couple of weeks I'll jump on. But I, I, don't, I don't linger because I've really grown to dislike it very much. Sure. <laughs> you know, um, so I use it as a tool. And so I don't understand – and that's what this the documentary didn't answer for me was what's the difference between deleting and just flat out not using it? Does it that did, make sense? It didn't seem like there was a lot of difference. Um, but, so, why, but why keep it if you're not going to use it? But, but why do we have to use it for hours a day? I loved that they had the kids on for that one and, you know – uh, the daughter's making fun of the son, saying, "Oh, six hours and thirty minutes of Instagram use this week. It's right. almost an hour a day." And then she goes, "Oh, but mine's worse." Right, <laughs> right. But but my you know, thing is like, if you're basing this on the every little thing you do is is spiraling it out of control, because like mm-hmm. we said, if you watch a video with cats, you can end up watching a video with car wrecks and executions. You know what I mean? Like because right. that's how it spirals. Right. So my question is, well, if I just spiral it really slow because I only use it every once right. in a while, like, is that okay? But if all I'm using it for is to find out how another church fixed their live stream issues on a Sunday morning because right. does that does that affect the spiraling? Right. I don't but, know. But, the, but, the but are there ads is, in are there, there not that better I'm ways missing? to do that? Like a discussion board. 
that you, isn't Facebook those anymore. But my point <laughs> is, if the, if all you're using Facebook no, for is a discussion board, then why not just have discussion boards? Right. So how do we? I mean that that's part of the solution that we don't we don't understand is yeah we delete all this but there was some useful things sure. that came from this so sure. how do we how do we build that into our technology cuz certainly technology is able right so yeah okay um, i mean right now i don't i don't know where else to go for that that type of connection so how do i find that you know not that i need it often but where do i Hmm. Well, I personally am probably just going to delete mine because I was thinking about it anyways during the election. I <laughs> that was that right, was uh, right. when the and then I watched this and I'm just like ah, I think I'm yeah. out. <laughs> like, yeah, but then you know, but we've we've got people here in the church. I mean, myself included, who part of our role is to uh, manage the social media presence of your business or your organization. Where do we take that ethically? Are yeah, I mean, are are you are you perpetuating the problem? Right. Are we contributing or yeah? Is the church, you know, if the church is trying to insert good and truth into social media, which I think is noble, but nobody's clicking on it, are we being poor stewards of our resources at that point? Right. It's something that needs to be a genuine discussion that needs to be had and and, and not just one of those things where we say, yeah, we need to talk about that. And then you just don't. (laughs) We made a comment about how beautiful some of the videography was with the cameras Uh that they used. So are you saying that we need to shoot our own documentary called The Church Social Dilemma? Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah. That would be a good time. Yeah. I think we're at the end of the podcast, Zach. Are we? We're going down rabbit holes. That I'm sorry. Okay, listen. Here's what it boils down to. Here's what it boils down yes. to. Yes, biblical truth. Let's biblical wrap truth. this up. Because that's the problem. That was that was kind of where they all landed on this yeah. documentary. This thing is pushing what it sees as truth on you. The AI. The AI. Yes. Right. Yes. And and I think we're in total agreement with the documentary. AI should have absolutely no voice in determining what, what truth is. But as long as you're engaging with it, we're giving it voice. We're giving it voice. Exactly. Yes. And so the point is truth doesn't come from social media. Truth doesn't come from anything but Jesus Christ. That is the point we're trying to make here. Right. What was the verse? John fourteen six. John fourteen six. Which says? I am the way, the truth, and the life. Absolutely. And so if Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, then then we should turn and say – well, what does he have to say? You know, what 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 are his commands? What are his beliefs? Because when we come to know the character of God, we come to know what truth is. The problem is, and I noticed this while watching the documentary, is they kept putting this emphasis on truth. But from what I understand, this documentary doesn't have a Christian bias. It doesn't have a Christian grounding. I mean, the, there, there were... Th- that's never implied is what I'm saying. Yeah, I felt like they left it open-ended as to – I think the strongest statement was we need to determine what is truth. Right. And so – But they never really qualified that. But the importance of that is you cannot qualify truth outside of Christ. It does not exist separate from God. If you look at an atheistic worldview, 
there is no grounds for truth because nothing has meaning. Everything is an accident. We are an accident. We came out of an explosion, and we just, by circumstance, exist. And therefore, there is no right. There is no wrong. There is no truth. There is no morality. And we can make claims to that. But at the end of the day, we have nothing to build it on. We have no solid foundation to base those claims on if there is not a God that laid order and morality and truth into the fabric of his creation. And there is. Spoiler alert. There is. <laughs> and his name is Jesus Christ. And so that's that's what this all boils down to. We We've kind of put our fate in the hands of this thing that has no understanding of what truth is. And we use it to determine what we believe. Mm-hmm. But but we should be finding what we believe through the word of Christ. Right. Is that fair? Absolutely. Okay. It's more than fair. I think it's truth. We didn't hash that out completely, so I just no. kind of <laughs> you're right on. I was just and, going. <laughs> and if you want to if you want to dig deeper in that, I think it was Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis where he starts at a very secular atheistic worldview mm-hmm. and proves that just to have a concept of truth, you have to admit there is a moral God. It's the first chapter. Is that chapter it's one? The, it's the beginning of the book. Okay. And then through it. the further chapters, he he proves just through logic reason. Mm-hmm. And it's, very, it's brilliant how he does this. Um, and he's spot on of... There is a God, and that God is the God of the Bible. Yep. And it's Jesus. Uh, yeah, it's it's beautiful. It's lovely. Right. So. Right. Um, the other thing that we talked about in terms of truth um, is just that nature of how social media um, polarizes our thinking to the extent that we begin to isolate ourselves and we begin to crave others who talk and think and behave like us. And and so I've, I've blocked people on both sides of the fence, not just the opposite side for me, because um, I like opposing viewpoints. I do, too. I want to hear what other people are thinking and feeling because I – even if they're wrong, <laughs> it sharpens my understanding of what I believe um, when I defend my own thoughts. Um but I have I've muted people on both sides of the fence who are just so stuck in their own worldview. Uh, they're they're communicating out of rage. Yeah, or it's, it's just ah, it's so ugly and uh, yeah, and there's no openness to what they're saying. Right. They, what they say might be true, but it's how they're saying it that turns exactly. me off. It, and I've muted them. The, the goal isn't love. The goal is making the other person feel stupid. Right. Right. And so I've fallen prey to. I'm going to isolate myself. I don't want to hear those voices. <laughs> and social media draws us into that trap when biblically it's not even it's not even close to what we should be doing. No. And and so we what we begin to crave on our digital life begins to bleed over into our physical life. Because they're connected, whether you like it or yeah, not. Who absolutely. you are online is who you are in reality on some sense. Right. You can fake things along the way, sure, but Right. It's who you are. Right. Um, so I'm pulling up, because I don't have this one memorized. 
Yeah. And and as as you get there, the idea Jason's getting at is we as Christians are called to love people. We're called to surround ourselves with all sorts of people proclaiming Christ to all those people and loving people and living as Christ in those people's lives. But when you shut yourself out and distance yourself from the people that don't look or think or sound like you, you're not doing that. And so you're failing in spreading the gospel at that point. Right. And by isolating ourselves to our own little version of of who we are, we are we're limiting the voices that we allow into our life, which okay, there is some there's some good sure to that. It's sure. good to be selective. Right. But, but what we end up doing is we begin giving credence to voices that have no authority. Authority. Right. Yeah. Or qualification or I mean, used to to have a platform of truth, uh, even if it's wrong and it's your own version of truth or whatever, to have that platform in our culture, in our society, in our lives, you had to have you had to work to get there. <laughs> right. You either had to have schooling or some kind of qualification, something that bestowed that authority on you. Now all you have to do is have an account and an opinion. Right. And suddenly you're an influencer. Right. Right. If people are watching you, you are. Yeah. And, and you know, the, the the Bible says that the teachers are judged more harshly. Right. 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 Well, what's a teacher like, these days? Right. And so Second Timothy 4.3 is what we've been talking about, that a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching, and they will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. Now, I would have never connected those things until watching that documentary. Right. You know, I almost want to – if somebody had made a social media platform and call it Itching Years, I think it would take <laughs> off hugely. <laughs> so, oh, Verse 4. Oh, we didn't even see this earlier. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. There you go. There you go. I mean, that's prophetic, man. Yeah. And we're living it. Yeah, I know. That was Paul to Timothy 2,000 years ago. So guard truth. Guard your families. Guard what happens in your digital world. And we can have global ramifications through and, that. And to say this really quick, when guarding truth, as hard as it is, you need to draw the line on the things you learn on social media and say, there is no way I can fully know if this is truth. There are some things because of social media, because the algorithm runs so deep. Can you really know if those things are true? You know, we're here. We're hearing this, and we're hearing that. Two conflicting things, often both being pushed as the truth. But when everything's doing that, how can we really know truth? We go to God. We go to the Word. That is, that's the only thing we can know is true. Right. I'm sure there's some people that are going to disagree. I think with that. there's. I think there's a middle ground, though, that just because somebody posts something, or somebody else promotes it or somebody somebody gives makes a five minute video ranting while sitting in their 
front seat of their car sitting outside of a restaurant or whatever doesn't make it true. We can fact check. We can dig. My point is even fact checking, though, even that has a bias now. Yes. What we know. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, the, like the how rabbit you, holes. Right. Yeah. How ah. can you ever even know the fact checks are also right. true? My point is the only thing we can know. But, but I'm saying there's been some like uh, like we've seen some in the COVID pandemic junk of somebody saying, oh, I was fired from such and such job because they wanted me to falsify this. And then somebody actually looked into the employment history and they never worked for that company. Right. You know, sure. there is some fact checking like that that's sure. indisputable. Sure. sure. But you get into conspiracy theories. There's certain things that <laughs> certain are things. There's certain things. How, that are how in the world? Right, right. Um, yeah. So that's what I'm saying is some can be checked. Okay, if that's that makes fair. sense. And we should always check things against biblical truth, which is basically saying the character of God. Right. If somebody is saying we should go out and do blah 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 blah, and we think well, that does not fit within the character of God. Right. But that person's a Christian. I should. Right. God told me specially. Well, be like the Bereans. Be like the Bereans, like Paul says. Be like the Bereans. Go to the scriptures. See if it matches up. See if it's there. Yeah. And if it's not, discredit that person. That That is not truth at that point. And that doesn't mean everything they say isn't true. But that means that thing's not true. Mm-hmm. We, need to, we need to fact check everything we hear against the word of God, not right. against what social media throws our way. I agree. <sighs> Man, I feel like I got like the weight of the world falling down on my shoulders right now. Like this was a, a sobering, kind of scary one. I know. <laughs> like, and you want to just go scroll social media to, to <laughs> you, I just need to, to unwind. unwind. <laughs> <laughs> what can we watch on YouTube? What do we got? <laughs> All right. Yeah. We did it. You think we did it? We're good? We did it, man. All right. I think um, I think if people have hung in this long and they've not watched it, I hope I hope this pushes them to it. go watch it. Because we can't – this is so big, we can't hide right. from this. It's called The Social Dilemma. It's not completely without a bias in a few areas, but – Overall, right. the information is really good. This is an issue we can't look away from. Right. And 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 even if you don't agree with everything they say, you've got to agree with some of it. I mean, it's going to open your eyes in a lot and, of ways. And one of the things that I think it's opened my eyes to is, as a church, we've been talking a lot these last few months about some really serious things in our culture, from racism to LGBTQ to immigration to uh, abortion. I mean, these are some major moral God's truth type of issues in our culture that I'm sitting here wondering, would these be as bad as they are today? If it, if without we social have, media, without social, yeah, right. I'm like, oh my goodness, how could let's just delete it, people, and maybe we'll find <laughs> that we really do love each other, but we don't real, hate I, each other on the other side. Yeah, if you feel inclined. Oh. Get rid of the thing. If you like, honestly, if you can do without it, get rid of it. Like, I, I think I'm gonna. I, I, I feel like I well, have to. just, just do a thirty, do a thirty day fast, like we talked about in the digital minimalism. Right. Just get rid of it for a month, and see what, and monitor what happens within your emotions, in your psychological well being. 
that it's going to take a couple weeks for you to totally deprogram from that and then a couple more weeks of leaning into things that do bring you happiness. Yeah, I don't know. Just, I don't. I, all I'm saying is I don't know that the pros outweigh the cons of it existing at all, I guess is my final statement on it. I, and, and no matter what you do, I, I don't think any 30-day cleanse is going to make that any truer. Or any no, I, I'm Sorry. saying if you can't hit the delete button, oh, okay. at least do a 30-day. Right. And see where that leaves you. Right. Because uh, back to the quotes of we accept the reality for in which we are presented. And so we have to create a new reality to get out of this, to get out of the matrix. Right. <laughs> you have to pull out of it to be able to see it. And so if you don't, um, if you can't just hit the delete button, at least set it aside for a time. Right. Delete it off your phone. Um, I love – Donna and I were talking about this last night that, you know, put your Facebook password into a 30-character long gobbledygook of characters and numbers that there's absolutely no way you can remember it. Put it on a sticky note. Stick that on your laptop or your home computer and make your devices set to where it doesn't remember your password. We're just hard to get in. Just to get into Facebook, you have to type out that ridiculous password that you're going to mess up four times before you actually get it right. Make it hard to get into, and then see where that leaves you. It's not bad feeling later on. You know that um, you know put some protections in place. And you know, here's the thing: like we said at the beginning, technology is not a bad thing. Technology is a tool. The problem is we have created a tool that kind of has a mind of its own and is running and growing at a speed that we can never fix at this point. And so even if doing away with social media is what happens, that doesn't mean technology is going to go away. We don't right. need to think that way. Technology is here to stay. Mm-hmm. It's the way we're using it that needs to be revised. Have we let technology become our master exactly because at that point we're idiots like we can't do that right okay i'm gonna end with a story and then we're gonna sign off oh my you good with this let's do it so last night when we finally watched this the credits started rolling the kids got up all right good night mom dad you know they went upstairs and we just kind of let the credits roll what does netflix do at the end of the shows now used to your movie would just end right Mm -hmm. they give you a new one now they now they show you three next you know watch this next right. and they actually give you previews of it so it automatically goes into those previews the first recommended movie after social dilemma was called minimalism right after we've talked about digital minimalism we watched social dilemma and the first movie i'm like i've got to watch that actually <laughs> it was on minimalism and so the curated content suggestion, even through Netflix, knows where I'm at, what I want to hear, what I want to watch, and now I'm going to have to go watch it's another creeping Netflix. Creeping into everything. It it's is creeping into everything. It is. Wow. Yeah, and I just love the quote of the guy. You know, they're saying turn off notifications because that's just to draw you back in. Turn off notifications, and you know why would you have notifications in your pocket? I mean, that's the same reason I don't put cookies in my pocket because it's a temptation I can't resist. So. So keep those cookies out of your pockets, folks. <laughs> Actually, cookies in your pockets are safer than your phone notifications <laughs> in your pockets. So let's go get cookies. You want to do that? Yeah, let's, All right, go, get let's go get cookies. All right, everybody. Good to see you, people. Stay salty.
The content we feed our minds will eventually show up in our lives. If we feed our minds the lies and confusion of this world, our lives will begin to reflect worldliness. But if we feed our minds the truth of the gospel, our lives will start to reflect the heart and character of Jesus. I'm John Stonge, and each week I host the Dwell on These Things podcast, where we take a deep look at the Word of God and learn what it means to apply it to our lives. We don't skip difficult passages, and we don't gloss over the truth. If you're looking for a show that will put your mind in a better place and help you understand God's Word with more clarity, you can listen to the Dwell on These Things podcast at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app.